Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk, and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia, and Opel range. And a car finance specialist on-site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. You're very welcome to the show. Let's get straight to business today. My first guest, she's a mum of three from Retholt in County Mead. And back in March 2020, she was posting tips uh, on social media how to combat the spread of COVID-19 that had just arrived in Ireland today. Well, it's a different story with Jean Murray. She believes that COVID-19 is a hoax orchestrated by the likes of the UN, the WHO, Bill Gates, etc., and she's on the line. Hello, Jean. How are you, Jerry? Thank I'm you good. for inviting me on. Ah, not at all. You're welcome to the show. I'm curious to find out, you know, you certainly flipped, you know, from last March to now. When did this happen and why? Well, I never actually flipped. I never believed. I, I start watching the, the coronavirus coming from Wuhan, as we all did in very early January. And I had a specific reason to watch this virus because my son and his wife was going on their first cruise with the babies. And I knew I knew from my experience, you would not be able to get on a ship if you had a cold or a flu. So that's where I was watching it, first of all, to be sure that they'd get off on their cruise. Mm. Uh, they were going the end of February. Um, but then I started um, really taking interest in it and... Um, and I realized uh, the words coronavirus is going around. And uh, obviously, that's what was being promoted by the media on the TV. And I said, so what's so scary about a coronavirus? Um, and then, um, th- which is why I did start posting stuff um, on my uh, Facebook site in relation to how to uh, keep germs out of your house. We ourselves are a very active and outdoor family and we've been around muck and germs and horses for all of our life and um, we've never been sick, thank God. Um, so um, I was just basically why I put that on my Facebook was to take um, to help people not to be afraid of uh, coronaviruses because we've had them all the time. We've had the SARS and we've had the MERS in 2009 and 2002. Mm. So that's where I was coming from, first of all. Okay. So what changed? What you know, you 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 posted in a fashion to tell people, you know, no, don't be afraid. Uh, but you know, you were posting stuff to say, look at this thing is here, and you do need to take a bit of care. But what what flipped you? You know, what what did it take, or where did you uh, pick well, up 
information or whatever to decide, hold on a minute, I'm not convinced by this. Well, Jerry, um, I... 8th of February came around. I totally believed in my government up to that point and uh, took caution to see who I was going to vote for. So up until 8th of February, I still did that. Um, and then when the, uh, the votes were very close between Sinn Féin and uh, Fine Gael, uh, or Fianna Fáil, um, I was like uh, watching and waiting to see what would happen. When they decided that there was going to be, uh, Sinn Féin stood down very quietly and the three parties, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Green Party were going to run together, mm. I said, smelled a big rat. First of all, when would that ever happen in our constitution? Never before. So then I started to distrust the government. And um, so when I also heard about um, on, I watched, I used to watch Sky News, UK News, uh, European News, uh, Irish News. I mean, I loved um, the radio one uh, radio show. Mm. Kira Kelly was my favorite on the news talk. Mm. Um, I was an avid uh, prime time watcher, all of the above. But when every station around the world was starting to say lockdowns, lockdowns, I was like, no, this was about March, I think. And I was like, no, at the end of February, March, I was saying, no way can we go into another lockdown? Because I was coming uh, instantly alerted to the fact that we had just recovered or begin the recovery in 2019 from the last crash, 2008. Yeah. And um, so I was saying, there's no way in a million years that we can afford to go into lockdown. This is going to be an economic crisis. So then I was starting to get really panicked about what was going on. So the election was the springboard. I want to point something out to you. Like in an election, yeah. there are X number of seats up for grabs and all air. And coalitions, well, they were something that we never heard of until the very first one happened. Uh, Fianna yeah. Fáil weren't a party that went into coalition. But numbers have dictated that. But when you do the math, I have to say to you that uh, a majority from various shades can come together and form a government. That's the way it is all over the world. You understand that. That's the way it works. Sinn Féin had yeah. the numbers to to uh, yeah. make government on their own they couldn't form a coalition so I just want to make that point that is there's nothing uh, strange or unusual in that just on that point but listen come back to the well, go on yes. no 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 but that's yeah, that's ahead. the reality of the situation yes. that's the reality so, uh, of yeah, democracy yeah that's democracy that's fair enough i don't think um we uh, we and they entered into a democracy um our government first of all didn't um it consult uh, with the population or debate so basically they um they enacted the health preservation and safety act um part three statutory instrument 168 in order to and inside that section um part three one six statutory instrument 168 there are so many rigorous um changes to our lives and gave the government all the powers to decide to close our businesses, our schools, our churches and everything else. And at that point, um, so they were going to do the lockdown. Uh, they were talking about lockdown and then they were talking about closing the schools. Mm. And I was like, not in a million years should you close the schools. Now, I began to email my government straight away in relation to early March in relation to um, you cannot go into lockdown um, and you cannot close the schools for our children. What about their education? And, and as a mother of a child, uh, a teenager with um, learning difficulties, I mean, this is detrimental to close the schools. So, I mean, um, I was coming at it from a, a concerned parent and also a, a business owner as well. So both these factors were going to affect my family immediately, the business side of things and my family, my children's my daughter's education. 
Right, so, I hear I hear all you're yeah. saying there, and I understand yes. that's that's your vista, your window as a yeah. mom, and uh, through your work, through your business, etc. But you see, the reality is this: emergency powers were enacted. Yes, they were because we were in an emergency situation. Because what I'll say to you is this: Look, I've just looked at the figures today. There have been 161 million cases worldwide so far. 3.34 million people have died. And in this country, we've had over a quarter of a million cases and almost 5,000 people have died. You can't refute that. Well, actually, I um, possibly can refute that because if you look at the swine flu in 2018, or sorry, 1918, 1919, um, 500 million people were affected by the swine flu worldwide. 50 million people died. That's the Spanish okay? flu you're talking about, the Spanish flu. The Spanish flu, flu. sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah. The Spanish flu. Um, in, in 1918, 500 million people worldwide were affected and 50 million people yes, died. that's right. So now, you're absolutely right, the worldometer today, the 140 million people affected world, or sorry, 160 now, it's up to date, um, 160 million people are affected worldwide today include the cases. Yes, but Jean, well Jean let, me, let me come back to those figures you co- quote from the, uh, yes. the early part of the 20th century. First of yes. all, we didn't have the knowledge, you know, in terms of medicine uh, that we have today. That's come on enormously. Uh, you had, uh, you know, you had also the fact that vaccinations of different forms have come on stream in the world since then that have dealt with quite a number of issues. So, you know, you're talking about a time when you really can't compare like with like with the knowledge we have and the way that healthcare and pharmaceutical development and everything like that has happened. You know the point I'm making there? I do indeed. But therefore, again, uh, with all this health care, how come we have a pandemic? And why do we have it in 2020 and 2021 with all this knowledge and health care? Well, yeah, but I'll, like, I'll, I'll say this to you. It's, it's imp- you're going to have pandemics. As you said, there are coronaviruses about. This one is a particular virulent one and it just spreads like wildfire, as we've seen. You're going to have this anyway. And this is the nature of the world because of, I suppose, the other thing you have to think about is the way mankind is manipulating the food chain, destroying this planet. You know, you're going to get kickbacks from Mother Nature. Well, um, absolutely. But again, so let's go back to why I didn't think we had a pandemic. So then I started to do my own research and we don't we didn't have an increase in uh, excess deaths. Yeah, and I, I checked China. I checked I- Italy. I checked Spain. I checked the UK. I checked America or USA and I checked Ireland. There was no, and I went back uh, from 2017, 18, 19 and 20. There was no increase in deaths in any of these countries. So our pandemic was based on cases. And the PCR test um, was invented by Carrie Mullis. And um, this is is what our government or our health service, NEFIT, is going on, cases. And and it's a known fact that the PCR test in Ireland, as um, Michael McNamara brought up into the Doyle there uh, a couple of months back to say that in Ireland it's it's amplified up to forty five times, and uh, and this is the case where it's, the recommended amplification is only for twenty five times, and like even um, you know the the Oxford um, sorry uh, Fauci himself said in uh, the American uh, health uh, minister, service person over there he said after twenty five times it's pointless because at that point you're only finding any old strain of coronavirus in your system. 
So you and you have a doubt. Yeah. You have a doubt. I, I hear what you're saying. You, you doubt the PCR, yeah. even though uh, it, every, the medical people and uh, NEFID and everybody, and uh, not alone in this country, in the UK and beyond, believe uh, uh, you know strongly in the PCR test. But look, at, I want to I want to throw something else at, at you because yes. time time will beat us. Yes, um, yes. You 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 cannot deny that with the rollout of vaccinations, right? Nursing home infections and deaths are virtually at zero. Hospital frontline staff are not ill anymore. ICU cases are way down. Hospitalizations are way down. Those are facts and that's what the vaccines uh, are, are bringing to us. They're reducing, uh, you know, what we've experienced in the last year or so. That's a fact, isn't it? Uh, it's not a fact at all, um, um, Jerry. It's not a fact. There is an increase in deaths since January uh, 2021 after the rollout of the vaccine program in Ireland. There's an increase in the USA. There's a massive increase in, in deaths after the rollout of the vaccine in India. I mean, there's, a, you know... No, 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 no. Yeah, no hold, hold on, I have to say to you here. India, India's rollout of vaccine with the size of the population has been relatively small. They have only a small percentage of the uh, the population, you know what I mean, vaccinated at the moment. But look, at you look at the scenes in yes. the hospitals in India. Look at Italy last year. It's not a it's not a misnomer. Our own hospitals here were packed out with people with the virus. Uh, Jerry, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Our hospitals have never been quieter in all of last year during the height of this pandemic. And this is actual first source evidence. First source evidence. Uh, I've been in these hospitals. Family members have been in these hospitals. If you had to go to a casualty, you, there was nobody in casualty. Yeah, because you see, there's a reason, Jean, for that. People were told not to come, that uh, the the staff and the care and everything, all that's within a hospital was designated. They had to open extra. I can tell you from the local hospital here, the regional hospital in Our Lady of Lourdes, they had to open, they had to stop procedures. They had to ask people not to come to, uh, you know, the A&E unless they had to. They had to open excess wards that were full with people. I know that as fact. Did you see them? Yes, they are. That's a fact. The place was overrun. Because no, did you I'll, see them with your own eyes? Well, I tell you, I have, I have to say, and I have, uh, you know... Um, no, with respect, Jerry. Totally no, with respect. No, I'm not trying to hear... I, I, ha- I, the, have to, I have to say this to you. I have a close connection through family to the place and somebody who works there. And I know for fact, this is fact, that what I'm telling you is absolute fact, not misnomer. Honest to God, I'm telling you truthfully. I, 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 I take your word for it, absolutely. Yeah. There was times... Um, in certain hospitals, because Lady of Lords is only the one that dominates up north loud. Um, so that would be a, a main hospital for a lot of people to go. Um, and first of all, um, uh, Jerry, in, in relation to those early months of uh, where the, there were sick people in the hospital, um, there were sick people in the hospital in January 2020 um, mm. because um, from December uh, 2019, um, the coronavirus was, now, let me just explain the coronavirus. I'm not doubting there's a coronavirus. There are always coronaviruses okay. in, in mm. our, as I said, in our society. But um, there was a, this strain of the coronavirus started um, in December 2019 in Ireland. Now, I'm not saying, um, corona, I believe coronaviruses are not deadly. They're deadly to people who have weak respiratory conditions or other comorbidities or old people. But what happened in that time, the hospitals was jammed in 2019, jammed in 2020, the, in the early days and jammed in 20 February, um, you know, tw- February 2020. And are you, are you they saying, were jammed. Are you saying to me that coronavirus was about then? Is that what you're saying? 
I'm saying there was coronavirus is the usual winter flu and the hospitals were jammed in December 2019, January 2020 and 20, uh, February 21. They were jammed then. But if you go back and look, there's hospital records. There are records of the hospital beds. They began to empty out, believe it, like at the yes. height of the pandemic in Ireland, the height of the pandemic in Ireland. Do you know the deaths in Ireland in March 2020 were 990 for well, that whole month? Well, Jean, look, I haven't got those facts in front of me here and I'll have to check that out. But look, I have to yeah. leave it there for today. I'm going to come back to you if that's OK. Is that all right? I'm going Absolutely, to come back. I, I yes, because I'd love to talk <laughs> yeah, to you again, even yeah. about, as you're saying, about uh, damaging the planet and stuff like yes, that. Yes, and climate um, change as well. But Jean, look, I, guess, I, I thank yeah. you for joining me today. I yeah. have to leave it there. I'm under pressure at the time. I apologise, but I'll be back to you, Jean. Take care of yourself. Not at all. Bye-bye. That's Jean Murray there. Another viewpoint altogether. If you have a a view on what you've just heard, get in touch with me. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. You can call in at 1850-715-958. Oh, thank you indeed for all of your comments. I will come back to them all uh, during the course of the show today. Just to feel for some of them, there's a message in saying, Good woman, somebody speaking the truth at last. On the other hand, will you ask that lady, Jerry, what planet is she living on? And that really uh, sums up what we're getting from you today. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. I will read your comments. I promise you. Here's your riddle on Friday. Are you ready? I have a lovely little prize to give away to somebody today. Are you ready? Here it is. What can run but never walks? Has a mouth but never talks? Has a head but never weeps? Has a bed but never sleeps? What is the answer? I'll give it to you once more. Are you ready? Just listen carefully. The riddle. What's the answer? What can run but never walks? Has a mouth but never talks? Has a head but never weeps? Has a bed but never sleeps. What's the answer to the riddle? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, please, with your answers. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, coming up on the show after two o'clock. You'll have perfect pasta forever. Yes, Tara Walker from East Coast Cookery School is with us on the show, but taking us towards news and weather at two. Yes, it's Van Morrison and real, real gone. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us on Late Lunch this Friday. Jean Murray was speaking to me earlier on in the show. She doesn't believe that COVID-19 is uh, anything significant at all. Uh, Such a reaction. Let me read some of your comments to me this afternoon. Who would give airtime to that? Um, mm, Yes, I just won't mention those words. Thank you indeed for that. She's an insult, Jerry, that lady, to all who have died and those who have worked so hard this past 14 months, says another listener. Jerry, uh, another one says here, um, let me just get to this one. Uh, that woman, Jean, hasn't a clue. What was she talking about? I have friends who've had COVID and are still struggling. I spent time in hospital of late myself in Drogheda and Dublin. Ah, oh, Jerry, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have given that lady any airtime, says another listener. She should maybe speak to some of the families who've lost relations, young and old. People like her make me so angry. She must think the whole bloody world has shut down for fun. Thank you indeed for that comment there. Ah, oh, my old mate Peter is back to me. Ah, oh, you, you won't let that woman on your show uh, have her say because you're scared. You won't debate with me. No, I won't debate with you, Peter. Not at all. I won't be debating with your son. Wish you well. Anyway, uh, got your comment again today. We understand your viewpoint, of course. Um, Jerry, 
please, there is a virus out there. I had COVID myself. It's not nice. What does that woman think or what is she thinking, says another listener. There's another one that says, Bill Gates, well, too many people on the planet. This is somebody else who doesn't obviously believe that uh, COVID-19 is a real threat. Too many people on the planet predicted this pandemic, says a listener. Jerry, get that stupid woman off air before I explode. My daughter is still suffering the after effects of COVID. She's also playing at the hands of the anti-maskers and anti-vax brigade says Maraid. Jerry, what a load of waffle that woman Jean is talking. That comes in from Jimmy this afternoon. My family has first-hand experience of COVID-19. Um, is she away with the fairies, says uh, Eamon, or living on another planet? Uh, and Ella's been on to say, I invite that woman to help my neighbour, to help her with going to the toilet, to help her live. Please, Jerry. Don't have people on your show like that and so on and so on. They go on. The majority of people don't agree with Jean or her views. That's a straw poll from the comments coming to me today. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Let's lighten the load this afternoon on late lunch and no better way than to pay a visit to East Coast Cookery School. If only I could, but I will soon. Tara Walker, good afternoon again. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Look, and we're going to talk past it today. And I always think, come May and with June on the horizon, lovely to consider some lovely light pasta dishes uh, going forward at this time of the year. Now, first off, Tara, I want to ask you, pasta, make your own ready-made, you know, chilled or dried? Well, for me, mostly I use dried purely because for me, pasta is one of those easy dishes that I just love to throw together. I love having a look in the fridge or the cupboards, seeing what I have, you know, or or, or being led by maybe some beautiful, you know, seafood um, that I just kind of come across in, in the fish shop when I'm in or whatever. So I kind of for me, I always have lots of different pastas in the house, but they're dried. Mm. But I know lots of people love um, fresh pasta. And if I think ahead of time and I'm organized, yes, I will go with fresh. But I love having a big stock of lots of different pastas in the house. Mm. And then, of course, homemade. Um, yes, definitely. If you want a little project, um, a nice <laughs> little Saturday, rainy Saturday afternoon job, it's a lovely thing to do. Um, for me, though, just just because of the way I cook and the way I yeah. approach food, I like pasta to be something that I grab and is a quick, easy meal, if mm. you see what I mean. And it's terrific when you rehydrate it. That's the great thing about it. The dried pasta really does come to life. And of course, you're going to even bring it to life more for us with these lovely recipes today. Have you a favourite shape of pasta or type? You know what I'm talking about? Tagliatelle, spaghetti. Probably, yeah, like funny enough for me, and I'm not usually very brand conscious um a lot of the time but for me really the italian brands of dried spaghetti i think work a lot better so yeah. i definitely notice the difference between i, I don't want to name any names yes. um but <laughs> some of the kind of mainstream pasta brands are a bit disappointing in ireland whereas i find like even in forgefield farm shop here in terman and um gareth's butchers he has de which is the um the italian brand of pasta which is absolutely okay. gorgeous Yes, I've been buying that a lot lately, and he's lots of different, you know, different shapes. And yeah. then um, Lidl always do very good quality uh, pasta during the Italiano week. You know, they have the range. Yes. Some of that stuff's really, really good as well. And they have a lovely linguine that they all they seem to be carrying the whole time. But they're all from mm. Italy, so I definitely think like 
if you're going to be choosy about it, try and go with the Italian brand. Okay, and and I know you visited Italy many times, like myself. You're a fan. I'm a now league at those times. In the case coming home, I always buy some out there. You know what I mean of the dried stuff to bring back with oh, me. Oh, look, Jerry, I'll give you a laugh. I went. We went on a cruise a good few years ago, and we went. We stopped in Bari, which is in Puglia, and we stopped at the very famous. Um, pasta street you know where all the ladies yes. they live in kind of two up two down houses and they make the pasta in their living room they carry the little um tables out to mm. the street it's a very narrow little street and there's all this beautiful fresh pasta and i bought it all and sure i had no fridge in the cabin and it all went up i was so disappointed <laughs> and i was like oh that was a really silly mistake Ah, <laughs> oh, the dried the dried is the only thing anyway let's move on and uh, throw a few suggestions at our listeners today now it is asparagus season and your first recipe incorporates asparagus absolutely well i just had some lovely drummond house asparagus oh. the other day so that was what had it kind of in the forefront of my mind So look, a super, super easy one is just cook up some pasta, whatever shape you like. I personally probably like a a penne or an orchetti for this type of one. Um, So cook your pasta in a massive pot of boiling water and plenty of salt and olive oil in it. And then I throw the asparagus in literally just for the last kind of two minutes. Just take the tips of the asparagus off, drain the whole thing together and then toss a little bit of smoked salmon and creme fraiche and lemon juice through it. And you just have a really quick little pasta dish there. And I used to do it on one of my classes called Good Food, No Stress. And people always really, really liked it. And if you had a few chives or some other herbs, herbs you could pop in. But this is genuinely a 10 minute meal that is ideal on those busy, busy days. Or now we're all working from home, a nice quick lunch that you can have um, thrown together very easily, but still really tasty and really light as well. You can pronounce the next one. <laughs> Aglio olio pepperoncino broccoli macaroni. Well done, Tara. <laughs> Full marks to you. Will, it, will you explain it in English for us? <laughs> I will, of course. So this one, look, I've been doing a version of this for a long time, and I, I, I have a video ready to go. I must upload it to YouTube, um, so people will be able to get it from the website. But I bought lovely macaroni um, in uh, in Lidl during the Italian week. But it's very different. It's a much more authentic type of macaroni mm. to what we see in the supermarkets here. It's a much looser. It's kind of folded over rather than a rolled piece, if you see yes. what I mean. Yes. Um, and aglio olio pepperoncino is a classic kind of trio combination in Italy. So it's your um, garlic, olive oil and little chili flakes. And usually we start by very slowly um, infusing the olive oil with the oil and uh, sorry with the garlic and the pepperoncino and you just let that infuse slowly and then in the meantime cooking the pasta and some broccoli florets and then toss them all through together with a generous bit of um, parmesan just grated over a little bit of flat leaf parsley or basil and it's a really Mm. gorgeous summer meal and I have I must say I must upload the video because I have recorded the video for that and it's super tasty um, but the thing is, it's it's kind of um, you need to infuse. It's such a simple recipe. A lot of pasta recipes are so simple that the little steps you really need to pay attention to mm. because those little steps make all the difference because that one won't have loads of flavor if you don't give the oil plenty of time to infuse. So okay. a good 10 minutes with no sizzle on the garlic. And just on the broccoli, do you do the same as the previous dish with the asparagus in at the last couple of moments? Or? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Just throw it in for the last few minutes with the pasta and then you can drain the whole lot together. Keep a little bit of the pasta water just to loosen it up if you need to. 
And of course, a little squeeze of lemon as well is always mm. nice with something with something kind of light like that. You know, that's what I love about it and fans of it do. It is so simple. There's not a whole lot in it. But yet, as you say, when you go through the steps, the flavour is divine. The next one, you're talking my language, linguine <laughs> and crab. Yeah. Come on, Tara. Yeah. So look, at for me... I nearly always do pasta with seafood. Now, okay, I love like my wintry pastas. You know, I love your ragouts, baguette bolognese, all of that. And there's a lovely chorizo and rosemary dish I like to do as well in the winter. But coming into summer, I love um, shellfish with pasta. I just think it's it's a marriage made in heaven. It makes me feel like I'm on holidays. So um, there's a crab linguine dish. It's on the website there if anyone wants it. I've been doing it on my Italian class online lately. And you start off very similar to the aglio olio pepperoncino, just infuse it for a while, then pop your your cooked crab meat in, deglaze with a little bit of, I've been deglazing with Prosecco actually, which is very <laughs> indulgent. <laughs> I'm not a big Prosecco drinker, so if I open some, there's usually some left in the bottle, so I keep that for cooking with then. Um, but it is a little bit lighter, I find, than deglazing with white wine, and then just toss the linguine through, and it's just absolute, it's really luxurious, it's really quick. It's really light. It's just lovely. We've been having that because I've been running my Italian class pretty much every yeah. week. We've been having it once a week. But I also was mentioning the Fui de Mer, which is the lovely seafood mix. And again, for any of your listeners, there's a recipe online on East Coast Cookery School for that. And that is a little bit more complicated in that you toast fennel seeds, grind them down, start out with your shallot and garlic, etc. And then I usually do a mix of... Um, clams prawns mussels and maybe even a little bit of squid in that um with the tomato sauce as well and it's absolutely gorgeous so that's a much more kind of rich indulgent version of the linguine than the crab linguine is the crab linguine is super light and Mm. and um uh, luxurious and kind of flavorful but not heavy whereas the fui de mer is a lot more um, sturdy or robust, yes. if you know what I mean. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Lemon and chicken orzo, maybe uh, the ne- is the next dish actually. But orzo, t- talk to me a little bit about orzo. Yes, well, I started getting really obsessed with orzo <laughs> last <laughs> winter, like about last I don't know October or November, and um, it was funny because I. I actually had bought a pack of it and I was kind of, you know, it was sitting there for ages and I, I've, of course, I've cooked it before, but not for a good few years. Um, so I started playing around with it and I've come up with so many gorgeous recipes. I need to write them up and, and pop them onto the website. Like there is one with a lovely uh, lemon and chicken orzo. So mm. you can do that all in one pot. So just cook your chicken either whole or breasts of chicken on the bone and um, pop them into a pot with some nice seasoning and flavors you know like um maybe an onion just chopped at the bottom some garlic and um, plenty of lemon juice then throw the orzo in about 10-15 minutes before the chicken's cooked uh, in a big kind of casserole dish around the edges of it and then pour some stock in put the lid on back into the oven and finish off with a few herbs and you have a gorgeous one-pot wonder there mm. and um, the orzo light just, just for listeners tara the orzo is like a rice that's what you're talking about it but looks it's a pasta kind of it like looks like rice, rice doesn't it actually, yeah yeah, it looks like kind of big grains of rice, but it's actually tiny pieces of pasta, if you see what I mean. Mm. So um, so you could put them in place of rice in other dishes as well on the side, you know. Yes. Um, and then I've come up with this gorgeous um, Greek chicken and orzo dish, which has uh, chicken thighs in it, which you brown off as if you were doing a casserole uh, with lemon, with garlic and lemon and a little bit of shallot. And then pop the, the 
Orzo in around the edge. You could even throw a little bit of Chorizo in. That's what I was about to say there if you wanted as well. Um, obviously, Chorizo is not Greek, but just to give a little bit of extra flavor in there. Yeah. Uh, but what we finished that with is lots of lovely chopped dill and some feta cheese. And that is absolutely gorgeous. And a few Kalamata olives. I'm letting, so the, I'm, letting, I'm, I'm letting the I'm letting I'm letting the 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 belt out already. Even talking about it here, I'm just looking <laughs> at the belt when when I think about that. But it sounds beautiful. And to finish, spaghetti puttanesca. Yeah, now this is your ultimate quick dinner. Okay, so I used to do this with a spelt spaghetti on one of the classes. Um, but puttanesca means lady of the night. I think you probably know already. Yes. And um, so really, that is with olives and chili and capers and garlic. And you just infuse all of those in the oil, some tomato as well. Sometimes I even throw a little bit of buffalo mozzarella in at the end, which is not authentic, but Mm. very tasty just to bulk it out and then toss the pasta through. Like, Jerry, when you said to me, would I go through a few summer pasta dishes with you? Like, there's an endless kind of amount of things you could go with pasta. And for me, I'm usually led by I see some nice ingredient and I think, oh, I'll, I'll pop that with pasta, as opposed to going, I want to have pasta tonight what recipe will I do with pasta, if you see what I mean? Because it's yes. such a versatile ingredient. It's like, if you were to, whenever the day comes that you could bring some of your lovely fresh tomatoes out again to me, like, I would use that as an inspiration. Look at these beautiful tomatoes I have. Let's come up with something really nice to use up these tomatoes in the best way possible for them. Um, and the same with the seafood, as opposed to kind of sitting there and going, yes. okay, I want pasta tonight. That's the mindset. What recipe will I cook? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, that's for me, the and I think that's how Italians eat, you know? Yeah. Italians eat very mm. seasonally very locally and they're usually they plan their their dishes around what's in season and what's best oh sure look it's the way to go it certainly is by the way your name's on a few tomatoes already the flowers are out (laughs) i'm expecting to see the first of them in the next few weeks so don't worry about that and by the time by the time they're ripe surely i'll be back with you uh, for a visit (laughs) please god we will anyway all recipes available as usual on eastcoastcookeryschool.ie the classes are zooming away as well Check it out. Tara, as usual, you've set us on the right road with pasta. (laughs) Thanks, Jerry. Good to talk to you as always. You too. Take care. That's the brilliant Tara Walker there speaking to me live from East Coast Cookery School. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Back in a moment. Thank you for your comments to late lunch this afternoon. Uh, thank you, Jerry, for allowing that lady to speak. The only sense I've heard in the media since last March, it's not a vaccine, it's a trial on humans, says a listener today. Thank you for your comment. The facts are, another one says, that flu kills every year. It does, there's no doubt about that. And people get very sick with the flu as well. But no more people have died than any other year. I have to say, I haven't the figures. I, I, I can't uh, confirm or deny that. I, I think more have died. That's my good feeling about it. But I'm going to check that out and come back on that one there. Another one says, Jerry, everyone is entitled to their opinion. My sister-in-law had COVID and I respect her views. Uh, thank you indeed for the comments. They're keeping coming to me. Peter's back again. He's writing a dissertation on roast pig by the looks of things with all the messages that are coming in today. Anyway, uh, we got it, Peter. We got it. We got it. We have her here. We have her here. I'm having to read of it here, here myself. Let me tell you this, uh, Peter and everybody else, that, you know, I believe in the vaccine myself, personally, I say that. And I've had my first and I'm due to have my second next week and I take it willingly because I believe that the vaccines are the way out of this because we are in something extraordinary, no matter what anybody says, no matter what theory you have. Uh, the deaths, the way it spreads, you know, it's it's lethal, this thing, and it can be lethal. That's And, you know, I believe the science. I, I always believe the science. I've had all the vaccinations through my life. My children have as well. 
honestly, I don't believe anyone's trying to control me. Maybe I'm a little naive saying that, but I honestly don't. I, I don't believe that at all. Maybe there is a greater theory or something, but I personally don't believe in it. And I've made that choice myself willingly, and I believe it's the right choice to make, and I will always advocate getting vaccinated. It's the right thing to do. It really is. And it will lead us back, please God, to a sense of normality sooner rather than later. Anyway, thank you for all your comments. Keep them coming to me. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Louise, on a real sad note, that poor lady in California. Did you see the story? I'm sick. God, my heart just goes out. Oh, oh what folks, would you do? Folks, maybe you don't know this, but... The uh, Californian lottery, a winning ticket, Louise, $26 million the ticket was worth in the Super Lotto Plus. It was sold last November in the Los Angeles suburb of Norwalk. And uh, a woman says she had the ticket, but <laughs> did you ever do this? Yeah. She says it was washed in her jeans. <laughs> she had it in her jeans pocket and it got washed. Oh, and they have her on CCTV. They have her on CCTV buying the ticket at the time the ticket was sold. They Mm. have her, but she hasn't got the ticket. The deadline passed yesterday, 180 days after the draw, and they can do nothing for her. The rules are the rules. Now, the only thing is, the shop that sold the ticket got $130,000 their share of selling a winning ticket they they still picked up the winnings the shop itself but the lady who had the numbers the numbers I'd be counselling I'd I'd cry if I lost a ticket with three euro on it in in the washing machine I shouldn't be laughing the poor devil that's why I buy online I do it online and are you safe then when you buy online? Oh yeah. yeah, well if you win they'll automatically well it goes into your account now. Yeah, you know, but, but the ticket can't be lost, it's there. Yeah. Mm. You know me when I have tickets I actually go in and check the numbers. I don't trust the online check. Do you not? No. No. I have to check the numbers, go through them, the whole lot of them, make sure that I, that I, have, I haven't I have had a and little you, win or whatever. With the ticket? Oh, I have the ticket, I have the ticket here and I go through it, yeah. Do you ever find a ticket after a few weeks and there was something on it? That you want? Or do you check, you know, if you have a ticket, do you check it the next day or that night or? Me, I normally find a ticket and if I won, it's out of date. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Yeah. No, I've I've had tickets a few weeks and gone back to them. I had a win on them all right. But think about it, folks. $26 million, £18.5 million sterling. She had the ticket. She went to the terminal. She bought it. Put it in the arse pocket of her jeans. Put the jeans into the wash. And it was the most expensive wash in history. It wow. really was. Ah, oh, God help her. Mm. God help her today. We think of her and uh, the what might have been for her. You One know. or two big wins in Ireland wasn't claimed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the years. yeah, yeah. There's been a few as well. Haven't been claimed. Whatever happened, it just happens. It's one of those things, isn't it? It really is. Anyway, you're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up after 2.30 on the show, David Keenan. Oh, this is a star in the making from Dundalk. He's having a chat to us about his new album single and uh, tour dates being announced as well but taking us towards our next break on the show it's aha oh i love love this the songs are rattling out today that we love on late lunch take on me aha
well-known local angler left his rod and reel behind him on Wednesday night. This Wednesday, just gone by at Killineer Reservoir on the north side of Drogheda. If anyone picked that rod and reel up, I know how much it means to an angler. Would they give the club secretary, John Murphy, a ring? 86 That's John Murphy, and we have that number here. A rod and reel in Killineer on Wednesday. If you picked it up... Please contact the club's secretary. Now, my next guest spoke to him a wee while ago during lockdown. Uh, news emerging in recent weeks that David Keenan has a new album on the way soon. He has, look at the dates he's going to play over the months of October, November and December this year all over Europe. And he's just released a new single called Peter O'Toole's Drinking Stories. He's going to tell me more. He's on the line. Hello again, David. Jerry, good to hear you. Uh, great to have you with us on the show today. Well, mother of the Lord, after the last year or more, when we've all been restricted left, right and centre, you are certainly coming back with a bang. Tell us about the album. When we, when do we expect it'll be uh, out for everybody to enjoy? Well, the new album's coming out on the 1st of October. Right. Um, so, yeah, all those dates. I mean, the look... They look fairly severe when they're down like that. But considering that I haven't been out in over a year, you know, and considering <laughs> yeah. that the livelihood's been taken away and, you know, you had to adjust to being weaned off adrenaline from live gigs. You know, yes. I look, I'm looking forward to it and I'm just grateful that I can get back out at some point. Oh, yes. And I look, look at the, look at the play. Paris, Berlin, Vienna, Stockholm, Copenhagen, London, and of course, a raft of dates here in Ireland as well. So this being pent up, you know, being restricted and that, has it fired you on even with greater enthusiasm and creativity? Well, it has now, you know, having come out of the, the first lockdown and, and uh, you know, I moved I moved to Barcelona in September and that gave me a, a totally new experience to draw from and just a change of scene, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things built up. I'm writing all the time. But, you, you know, that connection that you feel in a room with people, yeah, that's been a severe trauma not being able to access that, you know, mm. for musicians and crew and people going to gigs themselves to get that live, that live medicine. Yes. So, you know, like, look, there's a sense of freedom in the new music and that's come from a sense of, I suppose, gratitude to still be here. You know, not everybody made it through this thing. Mm. This is, you know, psychologically, it's it's been a severe thing to live through mm. um, and people are still suffering. So the thoughts of music on the horizon is, is giving me much, uh, much look forward to. Oh, it's great. Tell me about the video before we talk about the song. That beat you're on, I take that's Barcelona. I take it it's Barcelona related, is it? It is. It's giraffe. It's, ah. it's on the water, just on the yes. water outside Barcelona. But yeah. again, look, it's it's me shedding a skin. It's me expressing myself. It's me being free and painting. I'm dancing. I'm singing. I'm showing a side of myself that maybe I would have been, you know, too afraid to show before. But like I said, having come through what I've come through, yeah, what we've all collectively come through. You know, there's no, there's no point in, in, in shying away from it. I just want to, look, it's it's there. I'm doing it for me, Jerry. If anybody gets anything out of it, that's a byproduct. But it's for me, you know, it's for me first. Yeah, but you see, we feed off you. And that's the great thing about an artist. That's what you do. That's the gift you have. And you have it by the new time. And I talk about splashing with the paint. I'd love to reverse the clock and be a child there myself, doing what you were doing with the paint. The inner child, you have to look after the inner child. <laughs> you you know, or something terrible happens to the adult. <laughs> <laughs> it's always there. Tell me about it. I'm always been given out, even at my later age, about that side of me. But anyway, you got to keep it all your life for sure. The the single, uh, Peter O'Toole's Drinking Stories, is it based upon the Irish actor? 
Well, look, that's just a reference to me when I was living in Dublin. Ah. Uh, early 20s, I'd look at his interviews on YouTube and yeah. they would give me permission to go out and, and, and uh, be a bosey, let's say. But it's me, it's me reflecting on a former version of myself and it's a stream of consciousness after that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's putting myself out there and, and looking at, well, who am I now? And who, do I, who, who am I trying to become? You know? I don't think there's a better word in the English dictionary. I don't know even if it's in the dictionary than a bowsy. If there's something, to, oh, geez, there's something in that word, David. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, this song forms part of the album. The other thing I wanted to chat to you about for a moment, yourself and Jinx, the famous Jinx Lennon, great friend of ours here as well. You, you're doing something with you lately with him. I, I recorded a song with him on his, I think it's coming out on his, he's a new record just out, Life Raps for Lachicos. Uh, the one after that, I think the song is on it. But look, Jinx, Jinx has been a hero of mine for years and it was just a, just an honour to sing with him. You know, he's... yeah. What he's done on this new record is amazing. Everybody should buy two copies of it, never mind one. Good on you. Oh, he is. He's unique and he's such a lovely guy as well and brings something totally different. And as you say, a hero of yours growing up in Dundalk. What about this whole project about the 11 pieces of art from 11 artists around the world? I want to hear more about that. What's that about? Look, the idea just came to me. You know, I was at home during the first lockdown, and you know, I'm a fan of art, and I'm a, I'm, I'm interested in how people create and their process, mm. and also how how we interpret. You know, like gigging for years, people would come up to me on a gig. What's that song about? Is it about this? And 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 people's understandings would vary, and I'd be in. I get some sort of insight with that. So I was thinking, look, I reach out to artists. I reached out to maybe fifty artists from around the world. Eleven of them got back to me, um, all from different mediums, from different countries. And I give them each a song from the record. So there's 11 songs in the new album hmm. and I have 11 pieces of art that these people have interpreted. So there's another story there. There's a story about the relationship between art and music, how, pe- how we interpret life differently, how we interpret stories differently. And it's just been an education for me. And I've also got 11 new people in my life that I wouldn't have had by just reaching out to them. Oh, brilliant. It's great. What about Barcelona while you're on? What's uh, life like, you know, compared where we're just emerging here, as you know, uh, more opening up here, please God, next Monday from the 17th. How are things on the Spanish side? You know, things are still things are still varying all the time, but it doesn't seem to be as restricted here. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I'm getting. I've never had so much sun in my life. And, and, and the <laughs> white Barcelona still. I'm working on my sunburn, <laughs> but um, you know it's different culturally. It's different. Yeah. I think the whole siesta concept does something to the psyche of a people. They don't seem to be as as, as uptight. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So maybe mm. there's something to be learned from that. Mm. But um, look, grateful to be here. It's a totally different adventure for me, and I'm just everything goes back into the music. So. Yeah. I see you begin in Belfast uh, at Limelight mm. 1 on the 13th of October. Oh, God, we were talking about 13 yesterday. You have no reservations about starting on the 13th, I take it. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Why would you? He's back. That's going to be some night in Belfast. And then you head on wandering through Europe and then back here. I do want to mention a couple of dates here in particular, especially hometown gig. 10th of December, the Spirit Store and the Dog. You won't get a ticket for this. They're going to be like chicken's teeth, I promise you. You can pick them up, I take it. Can you at the Spirit Store at the moment? The Spirit Store sold out, actually. Oh, it's gone. gone. It's gone. Yeah. What am yeah. I talking about? Yeah. It's gone. You won't get in. You can't get near the place. It's out. And the Olympia, what about the Olympia on the 12th of December? 
Yeah, tickets are on sale for that. For that and one, Cork, okay. Cork, Galway and Limerick as well. Yeah, so Cork, Galway, Limerick, Spurs tours, gone now, oh, that's a pity. Anyway, it just shows you the man's popularity and the Olympia is there. He finishes off the tour in the Olympia Dublin on the 12th of December. So between now and then, it's a bit of a stretch to October. What's the plans? You're going to stay put there? Are you working on more stuff? What? Yeah, staying put here until probably July, mm. hoping to get back and get a band together, get a band of players together and yeah. and rehearse these new songs. You know, it's gonna take gonna take a bit of a bit of work to get back into the ring and to get and to get match fit again with, mm. with the new music and uh with new players. You know, I lost yeah. a bandmate before Christmas, Gar Kane, he was the bass player in the band and you know, look, things will never be the same without Gar. But I have to say something um in relation to the spirit store. The tickets that went on sale in August for the two socially distanced gigs that I had to I had to cancel because of COVID, the, the the ticket buyers had first refusal on these new tickets Good. and whatever was left over, they donated the money to the Samaritans on behalf of Gar. And I just want to thank each and everybody in Dundalk and the Spirit Store for that amazing gesture yeah. for the man and his memory. Oh, good on you. Well spoken, David, and lovely words, of course, and well done to everybody. That's a wonderful, wonderful gesture. Anyway, let you back to your tannin there. You don't need the old bed. You can just walk out the front door and there she is above you and away you go. We're going to hear what we're talking about today. The new single, Peter O'Toole's Drinking Stories from the wonderful David Keenan. I wish you well. It's great to chat to you today. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Just a shout out to my family and Martin Harford and RD who's tuning into the show. Good man, Martin. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again, David. Cheerio. Bye. Here he is with his new single, David Keenan. Louise, we were talking about the lottery ticket being washed in the jeans in California and Bernie's been on to me from Dundalk today. Hello, Bernie. Thought I had it bad yesterday, Jerry. Washed the young fella's trousers with a receipt for a new computer screen, which he hadn't set up yet. You know, so not sure everything okay. Thankfully, it worked out, says Bernie. (laughs) There you go. Similar thing. Thanks for getting it. You hadn't it so good yourself yesterday, I believe, driving out of the building here. (laughs) Never telling you anything again. Tell them what happened to you. Oh, talk (laughs) about confusion in Excelsis. Tell them what you did. I was leaving here yesterday and there's roadworks outside. And there was a chap and he was very, very helpful and... You know, he said, which way do you want to go? And I said, right, I want to go le- right. And he waved me on anyway, he got me out. And, but I was behind two buses and the buses were turning left for <sighs> St. Oliver's and they got stuck. So by the time they turned left, I went to turn right and I was met with a sea of about 20 cars. <laughs> and because obviously the lights on their side had changed. And I didn't know what to do and I couldn't reverse. And I didn't, I, I was like... I was like a rabbit stuck in headlights. I was just sat there going, what will I do? And then these lads all came up going, reverse, reverse, and they were moving barriers for me and everything. And I'm not the best driver in the world. So reversing with like 20 lads looking at me, I nearly died. I nearly died. It was like and the then di- everybody started following me. All the cars coming round were kind of following me where I was reversing. <laughs> Uh, if it happens again, I'm just going to give the man the car, the car I, keys and just I, say, here, please park it for me. That's what you should have done. That's what you should have done. You're an unfortunate creator. You're <laughs> an going, unfortunate creator. I'm going the long way home. You really are. I'm just thinking of the Diet Coke ad there, all the builders with the hats and the... the <laughs> no, nearly <laughs> <I> died. Louise. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, yeah, yes, Louise had a bit of a day yesterday trying to get home. Uh, a message there says, Jerry, um, a good exchange of views. I saw it between Rand Paul, the senator, and Anthony Fauci uh, in the Senate in America. Fair play to you for discussing both sides of uh, the argument. And another one in there to me saying, um, uh, thank you for allowing that lady on the airwaves. There are two sides to the biscuit. I understand that. It just happens that I believe in my side of the biscuit and that's just the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Um, now, the riddle. Uh, did you get it, Louise? I'm sure you got this one. You got this one. OK, here we go. I didn't tell Louise the answer to this, by the way. Honest to God, I didn't. What can run but never walks, has a mouth but never talks, has a head but never weeps, has a bed but never sleeps? The answer is? Please say it's a river. It is! Yay. <laughs> you got it, you got it. And I didn't tell her, honestly. A river is the answer. And so many people got our riddle today. But the little gift is going to a gentleman called Ben Lawler, who's listening to us today with the crew in Wesco. They're great fans of LMFM Radio. I have to tell you, I want to say hello to Ben and Carl and all the guys there. They've always been most helpful to myself when I've had to call in. And Ben, we'll be in touch and organise little, wee little, wee little trinket for you there for getting the riddle right today. We'll be back with another riddle for you next Friday. Jerry, big crop of dandelions in the gardens and fields. Is this a sign of a good summer? We better ring the postman in Donegal. He he knows about sign. Si- where is he? Uh, is it, there's not a word Yeah, there's not a word. I don't know whether. Look, it's a sign that well, there's loads of dandelions in the fields <laughs> and gardens, and they're good for the bees. The bees, you know, love them. Love them absolutely. Love them. Whether it's a sign of a good summer, you know, there's many things they say. One I often heard was, you know, the 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 hawthorn or the black thorn, the bloom there, whatever the bloom would be. It's a big bloom of white thorn at the moment. Uh, so there is uh, and people you say oh that's a sign of a good summer I don't know I think look the weather's the weather isn't it whatever blows in or blows out happens anyway and I don't know whether there's portents of a good summer there probably is we're talking about pishogas pishogs yesterday and and superstitions that's another one you know as regards weather and fine weather in the summer sure we can find someone to talk to Uh, I think I'll just ring uh, what you call her in Met Erin um What's, what's the girl's Siobhan? name? Siobhan Ryan. <laughs> I'll ring Siobhan Ryan and Met Erin. I'd say she'll be able to fill us in rather than the dandelions. I think Siobhan knows. Siobhan knows the Met people. Well, they only know so much. They're dependent, aren't they, as well, on satellites. We're on an island, and, it can change. Yeah, and what comes in off the Atlantic as well. But fingers crossed that June, July and August are absolutely beautiful in September and October. <laughs> Five months of it would be great, wouldn't it? Anyway, late lunch, LMFM Radio. We're heading to news, weather and sport at three. Don't forget, I conclude my Queen story with a fantastic song you'll be clapping along I promise you and we look ahead to the weekend in sport with Leon Blanche now Queen Freddie Mercury I was telling you yesterday just finishing up he wasn't in good health it was obvious and then it became known that he was diagnosed with HIV yes he was HIV positive back in 1987 he kept it quiet with only his inner circle actually knowing uh, what was up with him he continued to work through 88, 89, 90 and into 91 indeed recording new material and two albums emerged The Miracle and Innuendo the song The Show Must Go On with its lyrics was a real signal that Freddie's time was short he made his final public appearance in February 91 at the Brit Awards and he worked into May of that year soldiering on until November when he confirmed in a statement on the 23rd of the month that he had AIDS. Freddie Mercury died the following day. 
Queen re-released Bohemian Rhapsody as a tribute and it again went to number one, becoming the only song to ever be the UK Christmas number one twice in 75 and 91. In April 1992, Queen returned to Wembley Stadium for the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, which entered the Guinness Book of Records for being the largest rock star benefit concert ever, raising £20 million for AIDS charities. 18 number ones, 18 number one singles, 18 number one albums, 10 number one DVDs. Estimated worldwide sales of 300 million. Rock and roll royalty indeed. Now are you ready? Get the hands up in the air and start clapping when it comes to it. It's Radio Gaga. I love it. And Queen. Radio Gaga rounding off my Queen featured this week on Late Lunch. Written by drummer Roger Taylor, that song. Can you see it? I can see it in my mind's eye. Live Aid at Wembley. And the crowd. The clapping. Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? Ah, the song. The message that radio would still be important even though the medium of music video was becoming very prominent in the world. That was the thought behind Roger Taylor writing that song. And by God, we've lasted, haven't we? Radio is still loved by so many around the world today, and long may it continue. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. After our final break today of the week, it's a look ahead to the sporting weekend with Leon Blanche. Friday afternoon, and I'm delighted to say we're back with a preview of the weekend sport. And I'm joined, as usual, by the communications manager with Boyle Sports, Leon Blanche. Hello again, Leon. Hello, Jerry. How are you keeping? Good, Leon. Thank you for joining us again on the show. Well, let's start with Gaelic Games this week because the National Football Leagues are back, Leon, and both Louth and Meath are in action in their respective divisions. Now, Louth at the basement at this stage, Division 4 North, they take on Antrim, their first game, and Mickey Hart, a new era. A new era, Jerry, and you know, I mean, it's bound to bring excitement. Um, it's bound to bring hope. But I would just kind of temper it and just say, let's not kind of walk before we can crawl. Um, but Mickey Hart brings a wealth of experience uh, down to Loud. Very exciting times, obviously, with the new stadium and all that's been talked about for Loud GAA. But they'll still be looking to kick this campaign off with a win. Make no mistake about that. They're up against Antrim. The Wee County are favourites. They're odds on uh, to do it. And I'm sure when Mickey Hart has spent a bit of time with these players, we all know from his time as Tyrone manager, the one thing that you can guarantee is that the players will have to work extremely hard. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I do fancy the Wee County to win here. I'm not going to kind of back them at odds on. They're minus two points at even money. I think that's decent. I think Cloud can win by three or more against Antrim. You're expecting the heart effect to come in straight away. And as I said, we don't expect miracles, but we do expect the Wee County to beat Antrim, and I'm sure they will. That game is on Saturday, and we have the full game here on LMFM Radio. And similar on Sunday, you can hear the full match. It's Division 2, Meath taking on Neighbours Westmeath. And again, Meath, the side who've dropped down from Division 1 to Division 2 last year. Yeah, do you know something, Jerry? I think... Need will be hoping that they can go really close um, in this particular division. Again, look, it's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. You're playing every week. There's no such thing as a kind of a final or anything like that. So Mayo are obviously down in Division 2 as well. So they'll put it up to a couple of sides. You're looking at Cork as well um, down in Division 2. So it's not going to be easy. 
But Mead have got a decent start against Westmead. I'm sure they'll be expecting to win. And they'll be expecting to win with a little bit to spare. Um, of course, it is a bit of a local derby. But Mead are favourites, overwhelming favourites to beat Westmead. But the handicap here is four points at even money. Now, do I feel Mead are good enough to cover that? Ordinarily, yes. But it's the first game of the season, so we just don't know what's going to happen. I think a safer kind of bet, if it's what you're thinking, I'd be looking at double results. Mead to win at half-time and to be winning at full-time. That's the way I'd like to play this one. And if you want a kind of a winning margin score to give yourself a little bit of um, comfort, I think Mead to win um, by four to six points is available at three to one. Let's move from GAA to soccer and begin with the League of Ireland. Both Dundalk and Drogheda in action this very day. Let's begin with the Drogs. They're at home to St. Pat's after their really farcical 7-0 win over Waterford under-19s last week. But it is three points. Pats, they played once already in the first round of games. And they were very unlucky. A late, late injury time goal saw them lose 2-1. What about this evening, Leon? Yeah, look, I mean, I know it was a farcical um Farcical victory, but in fairness, uh, you've got to score the goals. You've got to put them on the board. And Brahada should be coming into this after scoring seven. I mean, that was... I mean, I don't think anyone expected that. A couple of guys picked up a couple of goals, Dane Massey and Chris Lyons. So they're going to be coming into this particular game with plenty of confidence. But Jerry, as I've said, and I think you and I have spoke about this, St. Pat's are a decent outfit. And as you rightly said, that was heartbreak to lose that late, late goal against Shamrock Rovers, which ultimately ended up in defeat. It's going to be tough for Drogheda. I think they would take a share of the spoils right now. Um, St. Pat's have drawn three out of their ten games. They only got beaten for the first time this season against Rovers, so they are a good side. However, they've only picked up one point out of their last two games, so maybe it's not a bad time to be facing them. Dogs will be happy with a draw. Pats will be hoping to rebound with a victory. And unfortunately, Jerry, I've just got to give it to St. Pat's. I just think they might have too much for Drogheda. I hope I'm wrong. Now, Dundalk are in the northwest. Last time they played Finn Harps at Oriel, it was a real surprise. Harps won at Oriel Park. But it was important of things to come for Dundalk because it's not been a good start to the season for them or across the first round of games and indeed the first game in the second round. What do you make of their chances in Ballybuffet? Yeah, look, there's a lot of stuff going on now, Jerry. you know, around the club. Um, players are being fined for breaching COVID regulations, travelling to Belfast. The league campaign has been a terrible, terrible start so far. They couldn't even beat Sligo. And no disrespect to Sligo, what I mean by that is Sligo went 1-0 up. Um, Jordan Gibson with a great finish. You questioned the keeper a little bit. But then when Sligo had the man sent off, there were still nearly 40 minutes left. And Dundalk could not peg it back to at least get a share of the spoils. They're playing a Finn Harp side who got hammered by Bohemians 4-0 on the last occasion. So this is a good match to try and get back to winning ways, Jerry. I'm hoping Dundalk can go there and get the job done. But it's a tricky place to go. And for that reason, I'm going to sit on the fence. I'm going to call it a draw between Finn Harps and the Lillywhites. Now, before we finish today, we go cross-water. There's not really a standout game in the Premier League this week, but the Blue Riband, the one that everybody loves. The FA Cup final is happening at Wembley Stadium, and it sees Chelsea take on Leicester City. Leicester have never won the Cup. They lost two finals in the 60s. Their name is not on it. Will it be on it come final whistle tomorrow? 
I don't know, Jerry. It's the honest answer. Uh, Chelsea made a host of changes against Arsenal. It was a bit of a, it was a risk. I think Thomas Tuchel thought was worth taking. Obviously, with the FA Cup final in mind, they suffered a one nil defeat, which was a huge shock, uh, which puts their top four qualification under threat. But in the FA Cup final. Chelsea have been very good in one-off games. We saw it when they defeated Man City in the semi-final. We saw it when they defeated Real Madrid in that second leg at home. And I just think Chelsea, with their overall squad, I think Chelsea are worthy favourites. They're 20-21, to 21, Jerry, just to win in normal time. A shade of um, worse than even money. Leicester are the underdogs at 3-1. to one. But you know something? It's the FA Cup final, and we've witnessed shocks in the past. So I'm not going to totally discount... Um, Leicester's chances. However, Ball Sports have got a good offer in this game, Jerry. A ten euro no lose bet that if your bet doesn't win, you get it back as a free bet. And for that reason, I'm going to go for something at a price. I'm going to go for the man that I think will be key to Chelsea and key to England come this summer time. Mason Mount is eight to one to score the first goal of the game. I think he's worth a risk-free bet in this particular FA Cup final if you do it with ourselves. So for me, Chelsea to win, but Mason Mount at 8-1 to one to score first. Ah, looking forward to it myself. I love the Cup and the final especially. What an occasion it will be tomorrow. Leon, thank you so much as usual. We'll talk to you next Friday. Jerry, have a great weekend. That's a lot on Late Lunch for another week. Big thank you to all our guests who joined us over the past five days, especially to you, our listeners, who join us every day and join in on the fun and the chat and the serious light and every other shade of stuff on Late Lunch. Big thanks to Louise Walsh, my producer. Couldn't do it without her. She's getting ready to run the gauntlet of the workers outside LMFM. So if you're tuning out there, she's on her way in a white vehicle shortly. Look after her. Get her safely home. <laughs> anyway, Eddie Cavani's coming next with the uh, drive. Do come back and join us for another brand new week of Late Lunch from Monday, one thirty. Take care of yourselves. Have a lovely weekend. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance. So let our van specialist, Danny, find the commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 